Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Green Room Podcast special weekend Big Ten recap edition because we're gluttons for punishment. <laughs> uh, Tony Paul here with the Detroit News, joined by my other colleague from the Detroit News, Michigan State beat writer Matt Charbonneau, who was forced to be in attendance at the Michigan State game last uh, yesterday. Uh, another tough one for Michigan State. Twenty-four uh, nothing. Indiana with the win. Uh, I think Matt was hey, just do saying. You, do you think at this point people want us just to recap the rest of the Big Ten and none of the teams in the state? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Again, yeah. uh, again, yeah. I, go, I go back to uh, that. I, I, I think Donald Trump lost Michigan because he brought back Big Ten football. <laughs> <laughs> I still believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 24-nothing, Indiana. Indiana, of course, continues to be impressive. They're 4-0, as we all predicted. The, the Big Ten championship might be on the line next week, um, this coming week, I guess. But anyway, 24 nothing. Um, Matt, I saw a little bit of it. It's Masters weekend in November, so that's been my focus. It's going on right now. Actually, we're recording this Sunday afternoon. Dustin Johnson is steamrolling his way into history, um, but we figured we'd take a little time to recap all the wonderfulness uh, that went on yesterday in Big Ten football. Uh, another clunker, two in a row. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, me being the optimist that I am, of course, <laughs> I try and look for a little silver lining. And I will say last week against Iowa, there was nothing. Um, so the only thing I'll take out of the uh, Indiana game is that the defense continues to at least show a little bit of a little bit of fight, a little bit of backbone. Not I, I should put it another way. I don't think these guys are quitting at all. I just think they're over they're overmatched. But what you're seeing from the defense is they're not they're not playing that poorly. Here's here's my favorite stat of the game yesterday. And this might be a little bit of an indictment on Indiana, to be honest with you. Indiana had one, two, three, four drives that began not just in Michigan State territory, inside the 30. They started at the 16, the 25, the 28, and the 9. It becomes remarkable to think they only scored 24 points. They had another drive start at the 50. They had a drive start at their 49, at their 46. Their average starting field position was their own 46. So you look at that and say, how in the world did they only score 24? I mean, yeah. that game should have been 50 to nothing based on that. And the defense actually made some plays. Shakur Brown had a couple of picks, one in the end zone. But when you are constantly starting in your own end, and we go back to the same thing, the turnovers, 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 turnovers. Michigan State isn't good enough <laughs> to win games like this. Not many teams are, but they're really not. And it happened. It started right away, and it was many, the same old story. They have, how many did they have yesterday? Three, four, seven. They had four. They had four. Okay. Three picks. A fumble. But you know, the first fumble comes in their own at their own fifteen or sixteen. That turns into a touchdown. Rocky Lombardi. I tell you what. You know, Rocky played pretty good the first two weeks. That seems to be long gone. 
because these last two weeks have been really bad. There's no other way to put it. I mean, the decision-making has been bad. Um, he hasn't executed very well. And it's, I mean, it was early second quarter when they decided to pull him. And, you know, I think it is what it is. Uh, you know, Peyton Thorne played okay. Uh, the offense moved a little bit with him. You know, he can get out of the pocket a little bit. But whether Peyton Thorne ends up to be a great quarterback or not, I think it's clear at this point, what do you have to lose? I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's not much. You're at, not a, much. you're at a loss in a lot of, lot of aspects with this team right now. Yeah. I mean, look, we knew this was going, and, and, and I'll go back a little bit here. And the last two weeks have been atrocious. Obviously the, the big emotional win over Michigan, who also, by the way, is awful. We've come to learn, <laughs> um, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, I think what you're seeing play out before us is the reason that Mark D'Antonio didn't come back. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Mark D'Antonio said late last season that he was going to come back. He was going to finish what he started, and he was going to go full circle. Well, I think at some point between then and February, he took a look at the roster and saw how long it's going to be before he become full circle again. There was way too many years that he would have to commit. He wasn't going to do that, and I think that that was the backbreaking. There are a lot of reasons Mark D'Antonio walked away, uh, but I think that that was the ultimate backbreaker is that he took stock of the program, saw there was nothing there that's going to be positive, overly positive for the next couple of years, and I think he just didn't want to commit that amount of time. Well, there's two things I'll give you. Well, one thing, and then I'll ask you a question, what you think. Okay. I was going back and looking. His last four years, I've been thinking after 16, because, you know, the 16 recruiting class was very good. They'd come off a playoff, whatever. From 17, 18, 19, and 20 classes ranked 33rd, 26th, 32nd, 36th in the country. Mm -hmm. That last class in 2020 ranked ninth in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, so first of all, I'm not letting – I'm, I'm – Firmly putting this on Mark D'Antonio and his staff for their horrendous recruiting the last few years they were here. Just mm -hmm. awful. And you're seeing that on the field now. They don't have the guys. And, and Mel Tucker is basically saying it. If you listen to his post game, he said the, with the guys we have like four different times. Okay. He's saying the evaluation is ongoing. That's his way of saying, I don't have the guys. That's okay. The and saying, I think people, yeah. it's the way of saying people that everyone, see that's that. Ever, that's his way of saying that the people that are playing right now, and not necessarily going to be playing next year. <laughs> right. And I, and I know people get bent out of shape. They get all hung up on the Elijah Collins thing. And why is Devontae Dobbs playing? I want to get past that because Devontae Dobbs, I don't care what your ranking is. If you're not good enough, the guy's not even dressed. There's a reason why. Okay. When you see Elijah Collins carry the ball, he's not running hard. But that's not, it's just, it's clear right now. And I'll go back to this. I said it last week. You've got a former backup walk on punter. As like your number two tight end right now. Yeah. And God bless the kid, Tyler Hunt. Good for him. Athletic kid. Played a zillion sports growing up. It's a nice little story. But if you're counting on that guy, that tells you where your talent level is with this team. Right. So my question is, if and I this is going towards the already maniac people wanting Mel Tucker and his staff, you know, run out of town, which is absurd to me. It, would this be any different if Mark D'Antonio stuck around? I don't think it would. I think we'd be looking at the, the same thing. The results in the field? Yeah. Oh, no. No, no, no. You have what you have. Yeah. Um, and you pointed out the recruiting numbers since 2016. Well, 2016, as we all know, was their quote-unquote banner recruiting class, which we all know turned into a pile of crap 
for a number of different reasons. And so it starts there. You make, you make the Rose Bowl, Big Ten Championship, whatever, and then you get that big recruiting class off that, that big bump. And then we've written ad nauseum, given all the controversy around the program of what happened to that 2016 class. It blew up, imploded for, you know, players, a bunch of different reasons. And then all of a sudden the recruiting goes down. It's been brutal. And again, that's that's where I, I really believe Mark D'Antonio looked at this. He, I think he regrets saying what he did last November, that I'm going to come full circle. I'm going to be back. We're going to finish what we started because I think if he would have taken the time to I think he was tired of the questions and tired of the speculation. And so I think he threw that out there. But if he would have really took stock in that, there, this is a five-year thing, and there's no way Mark D'Antoni yeah. is going to be here for another five years. I mean, it's not like he's old, 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 but he's had health issues, had heart attack. There was no way he was going to do that. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're left with what you have. You have very little time to salvage any semblance of a recruiting class, um, pick up maybe a transfer or whatever, um, you see it with Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers was in the same situation. You know, Shiano was able to pick off a couple players and they are okay. Um, but, you know, you are what you are when you come in that late and you don't have, you know, the recruiting's done basically. You you have what you have and you have to make the most of it. And clearly there's not much to make of it. <laughs> no, there's not. And and that's not to say there's not some guys out there that can be or will be good players. That's not right. really what that means. I mean, there, you can look at a bunch of different guys and, and see some promise and, and a lot of potential there. But as a whole, I mean, you as a whole, you just don't have it. I mean, the offensive line is the epitome of it, right? right. You win games, you win and lose games up front. I go back to when Michigan State first started getting really good under Mark D'Antonio. You know, you go back to 09, 10, around there when they, you know, 10, they want to share the championship, but then they went play Alabama in the Capital One Bowl and got destroyed. And it was clear they didn't, they didn't match up up front. By the time they got to the playoffs in 15 and the Rose Bowl year two years before that, they started to measure up up front. I know they didn't win that Alabama, but you, when you watch the game, you saw, okay, this is more like a team that has guys up front. This has reverted right back to they get dominated up front. And I don't care how many receivers you have that can be game breakers. I don't care what running back or quarterback you're running out there. If you don't have that up front, you're not going to compete. And it's painfully obvious yeah. this team doesn't have that. And it's I'll say this, it, it, even during D'Antonio's tenure, there was always questions like, how come they can't recruit offensive linemen like, say, Wisconsin does? Because they often get compared to Wisconsin, right? right. They're not Ohio State. They're well, not I'll, Michigan. Start, I'll, I'll start with you. you know? Michigan doesn't grow offensive linemen like they do in Wisconsin. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> well, no, no. And I, and I, know, yeah, I understand. I, Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin's a bad example because it's the land of milk and cheese, and, and they, all stay, they all stay in Wisconsin. But I hear what you're saying. There's other schools I don't, that you I, point to, too. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad example in the sense that the programs are a lot alike, you right, know, and right. and then if, if you're if you're building your program on toughness and running the ball, why do you seem to always lack in that area? Now they've gotten lucky; they got lucky in guys like Jack Conklin and you know guys like that, but consistently it hasn't been there, and that's 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 where it's glaring to me right now. Yeah, we can go on and on about quarterback and you know whether you know there's no linebackers right now outside of Antoine Simmons either. Um, who, by the way, Anton Simmons is just playing out of his mind. Um, but it's yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's it's the players, and and you're right. You say a five year thing. So can we stop? Can we just stop for this year? The trashing Mel Tucker and every time oh, a play the, doesn't the, work. The the, the the stuff there is absurd. It's crazy. Um, I mean, look, 
And um, judging by not, the not by Jay the Johnson, yeah, team. Jay Johnson's now apparently the worst coordinator. And these, this is the fan base that screamed at Dave Warner for yeah. however many years, and Brad Salem for his yeah. one year, and now yeah. it's on. Now Jay Johnson's the worst. Come on, can we just let it go? Sorry, take a breath. Anyway, anyway, calm down, calm down. Take a shot. Here's some <laughs> Take a shot. Um, now this is just coffee in here. Come okay. Um, you sound. You, the tone in your voice makes it sound like you're getting some interaction with fans. <laughs> um, <A little> bit. <laughs> uh, but obviously via social media where things are always so level-headed on social media and really calm um yeah look that's ridiculous it was ridiculous when they were bitching about mel tucker after the first game with the seven turnovers against rutgers obviously you don't want to see it you want to see better performance uh no question this is a new thing and again you were left i mean we talked before the season and I mentioned the words, you know, the words that nobody liked to hear is that the cover was bare. You push back a little bit, and, and yeah, you're right. There, there's, there's some talent, no question. But for them, we're in key positions, and on a whole, the cupboard was bare, and you're seeing that play out. And it's going to take some time. It took D'Antonio some time to build up his staff or to build up his recruits when he started winning. And it's going to take Mel Tucker some time. The whole Mel Tucker gets three years. If they're not showing progress in three years, then okay, then it's time to talk. But we're we're four games in. I mean, this is absurd. He's not going yeah. anywhere. He shouldn't be going anywhere. Uh, this isn't like you know year six, for example. I'll just pull year six <laughs> out of the hat. Uh, Where'd you get that one? From? I don't know. Uh, this isn't like it's year six and you're you're one and three and you know whatever and losing to you know. But, I mean, you're one and three, yes, but you're in year one of a rebuild. Uh, not year six again, random number. Um, so okay, 24 nothing. Indiana, Indiana's good, uh, be exciting. I mean, they're not, I don't think all world good. It's gonna be no, interesting. It's, it's no. gonna be interesting to see them against Ohio State next week. Um, Ohio State didn't play this week, which will be interesting, uh, to see how they come back from that. Speaking of which. Let's put this yeah. game behind us, and we'll wonder when the next Michigan State game is going to be. Well, that's uh, a good question. Yeah, they're they're supposed to play Maryland at Maryland um, this week. And um, Maryland, of course, has COVID and it lost their game against Ohio State. And we don't. And uh, as we're seeing, you know, two week cancellations are pretty common now um, when teams are overrun with COVID. So um, we'll probably find out tomorrow or Tuesday whether Michigan State will be playing their game against Maryland or whether they're going to have a shortened season, which uh, I, I think that most people would probably assume that they're going to get a week off and maybe a much needed week off. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. It might not be the worst thing at this point, especially yeah. if you are, if you're committing to a change at the quarterback spot, right. Um, that gives you a little extra time there to prepare a guy. Although I think, I think Peyton Thorne looked, he looked, he looked fine. He didn't look over, he didn't look overwhelmed um, for the most part. Uh, but so I don't think that week would kill him, but I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I have a feeling we're going to find out in the next day or two that this game's probably not happening. Um, which is too bad for Maryland because they've won a couple games. They're starting to get a little momentum with uh, Tonga Vailoa. How do you say his first Taulia ta 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 or to his little brother? Let's just say that. That's what I was going to say. That's um, how you pronounce it. Yeah. And they, so they were starting to find a little momentum. So it's kind of a tough break for them. Um, yeah. It's, I, 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 I have a sense we will not see Michigan State play again until would be um, what, about two weeks they host Northwestern. So I got with the protocols in Big Ten. Yeah, um, it's they're very strict, and and that's why Wisconsin was off for two weeks and uh, still missing a ton of players yesterday. By the way, Wisconsin was, but uh, yeah, I uh, I would imagine we probably won't see Michigan State this week. Um, 
I gotta ask you something. I saw a headline in a in a newspaper yesterday, um, and not ours, but the <laughs> other the other one um, uh, about the reaction to the Michigan State game. And I will say this: I'm gonna say this that the story didn't represent the headline. So it never happens. The story was by Chris Solari, and it was a fine story, and I have no issues with the story. The headline was, and I, I, I looked this up, but I, I'll, I'll give you the gist of it: is that Michigan State's season has spiraled because of all of the slow start and all the lost time they had this spring with practice and stuff. Um, all, I know they had the, sh- the program shut down for a couple of weeks. I get that. Uh, I know that Tucker was late to the party, uh, but all that, but I, I, I don't think that's an excuse here. I think they, the reason they're losing is because again, the coverage bear um, all teams had to deal with variations of inactivity this spring not just Michigan State. So I am I just wanted to point right. that out that I didn't like that headline. I don't know if you saw that headline, but I didn't. Well, like I don't know if I paid attention to the headline too much. I Let me say this. I, I didn't I will, think the story really said that. So I'm not saying anything about Chris. I just didn't think the headline. I like to say things about Chris, uh, you know, openly. Well, I do, I do too. I do too, but I like to it's do it fair. I like to it's do one it of my uh, <laughs> It's one of my favorite things to do is to give Chris a hard know, time. In fact, if anyone sat in the press box mm-hmm. with us, they'd – here regularly. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll say this. I, I again, I, I, I rarely look at one thing ever and say, this is a reason why, you know, because that's never <laughs> the case. Whether we're talking about plays in a game or seasons overall, you're right. They don't have the guys right now. That's a big thing. But I, right. I am not saying that all that stuff doesn't. I think that absolutely played a factor. And I know everyone dealt with it. But you're talking about a coaching staff. By the time they got on the field with these guys, I guarantee you still didn't know who everybody was. You know what I mean? So it's not like, I mean, even Greg Schiano at Rutgers was on the job before the end of 2019. I mean, they had offseason stuff. He knew who he knew who he was dealing with at least, right? Mel Tucker and the staff, outside of Mike Tressel and Ron Burton and Harlan Barnett to an extent, didn't know who the hell these guys were. And now you come in and you're implementing a completely new defense. You have a different offensive philosophy. These guys are still, I mean, look at that first game. Guys look literally looking around like they didn't know where they were going. Yeah. You know, that to me is clearly we didn't have spring practice. We didn't have a chunk of preseason camp. I know a lot of teams had that, but they had a base of knowledge that this team didn't have. Few had this kind of all of it combined together. So I'm not saying that's the reason, but I, I, I think it absolutely is a factor when you combine that. The fact that they're lacking talent right now. I think you put all that together think, and you're seeing yeah, what you see right now. You put all that together, but I think you, you got lack of talent up here. And, yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, look, I mean, everybody, again, I understand they were new and whatever. Everyone was behind the eight ball this year. That, I just didn't like – it made it sound like that was the reason that, they, that they're one and three and looking terrible, and I just don't believe that. I believe it, especially yeah. now in week four. He knows yeah. his personnel now. He probably yeah. wishes he didn't. But he doesn't know the personnel now. Um, Maybe, yeah. You're not seeing you're not seeing quite as many uh, mistakes in terms of alignment assignments, all that. So you could see guys are starting to at least figure out what is being asked of them. Right. So that's starting to come around. You know, if if you started hearing that excuse down the road, that would make no sense for for a you know staff that's been around and like. Here's my if you you if you if I heard that excuse after the week one game against Rutgers, I might buy it. Uh, it's week four now, and uh, I think it's it's talent. It's talent, talent, talent. They don't have it. Uh, it's going to take time to get it. Um, this was their first home shutout since 1985, yep. correct? Against yes, Michigan. Sir. 
Mm-hmm. We don't know. Uh, they wore their Spartan S helmets yesterday. Throwback to tribute George Perlis. We don't know if they wore the Spartan S helmets that game. They lost to Michigan. Uh, I would assume they home, did, uh, right? I assume they did. Yeah, last home shutout. Um, yeah, just uh, rough to watch. Um, I'll ask you the same thing. I you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but really quickly before we move ahead here, um, I asked you to pick out a couple bright spots and. Uh, is, is the back is the new quarterback a bright spot? I didn't. Again, I watched the Masters. By the way, Dustin Johnson just made another birdie. He's nineteen under. He's going to break the record. Um, but anyway. Um, By the way, did you see uh, did you see Tiger's ten on number twelve today? Yeah. Did you see Tiger make birdie on five of his next six holes to finish even par for the day? <laughs> You're not going to hear oh, no, me trap Tiger Woods. Oh, no, I, mean. Seven, I mean, I'm sorry. He shot seventy four. Yeah, he made a ten. By the way, it reminds me that that's yeah. four. What did you I, have I, the other day? I, I, beat, I beat that by four shots playing at Lansing Country Club the other day. And uh, it was funny. Uh, who, was in your, who was in your group? Tell all the MSU people. It Come is on. the Green Room Podcast. So, yeah, it was last Sunday. I was playing golf with my buddy who's a member up there. And he's my buddy's good friends with Andre Hudson, who, of course, played on the 2000 National Championship team. Um, so I had never met Andre before. We played. Um, we had a good time. Andre's a lefty, uh, pretty good golfer. I mean, he has a little bit of that lefty slice that everyone's all the lefties seem to have. But uh, he's pretty good. But Andre could only play nine. He had an appointment after uh that he so he wasn't going to get on the other nine well my my 14 heard around the world took place on number 17 <laughs> um i four balls in the drink it would it almost was a fifth my fifth ball was on by about a foot uh anyway made a 14 somebody asked me how i made a 14 i said because i missed a putt for 13 which is true <laughs> um so anyway so andre didn't see this uh so then i get a message from on facebook he's like you really i really wouldn't have made my appointment if i stuck around for the back <laughs> watching no you kidding Watching you with a 14. So anyway, Tiger's got nothing on me. Uh, that was. Hey, Tiger. wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I outdid you because my worst score ever was a 15, and I took all 15 swings, pal. Oh, see, no, I, oh, no drops, no penalties. That's no penalties impressive. anywhere, and I uh, lipped out. I lipped out for 13 and lipped <laughs> out for 14. So, <laughs> knowing you, you as know. I know you on the golf course, I'm sure you took it like a champ. I did. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> There was a little flask in my bag, and that made an appearance after that. Well, that's the funny know. thing. I didn't swear once during this whole meltdown. <laughs> um, at, by the third one, it was just, like, hilarious. Um, and then, yeah, so I made a 14. I believe it was my highest score ever. Um, I still almost broke 100. I was I played pretty well all day except for that hole. But, uh, anyway, um, but Tiger yeah. only made a 10 today on number 12, which, by the Ooh. way, was his highest score at Augusta. And you actually could have gotten – 150 to one odds on Tiger Woods making a 10 or more in the Masters. And so if you would have bet a buck, you would have won 150 bucks uh, on that. So he made a 10, but he birdied five of his last six holes. And that's what separates the great athletes, where they could be so low and then yet come back so strong like that, when it doesn't even matter. And he yeah. still has enough pride to go out there and birdie five of the last six holes. It's un- it well, unbelievable. Watch- Watch this segue as I brought up Antoine Simmons. Mm-hmm. Watch that. Go back and watch that guy play yesterday. There's, well, he's I mean, played well. He's played well all, all year. I know, but and, yesterday and especially. Perform- I mean, yeah. it, it was impressive. 14 tackles. The guy was everywhere. Yeah. And in a season that you, you got to imagine he's he's struggling with this. Is he a you know, going through the, He's a senior. I mean, you yeah, could technically come back next year. But, right. um yeah, he's been he, – and I tell you what, who they trot out there every week to talk to us is Antoine Simmons. Yeah. I could go off on a whole other tangent about access, which fans would don't care about at all. But um, no, They don't care about access. They don't care what you get to eat. No, I don't care about what we get to eat either. But 
Boy, don't give me access. Anyway, there was a time when you used to get to talk to players. And now we talk to Antoine Simmons every week. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love Antoine Simmons, but uh, anyway. So, Dustin, as I was saying. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Johnson just hit it to six feet on 15. So, he's, he's gonna terrible. Break, he's going to break the Tiger Woods-Jordan Spieth record of 18 under. So. Which will, right. will, will have already happened by the time you listen to this, but I'm sorry. We, had to, do a pod- we had to do a podcast. I have to watch the Masters. I'm trying to multitask here. I don't really care about Michigan State football when I'm watching the Masters. Masters is the best sporting event, in my opinion, in the world. It still uh, feels weird. It's November. It feels it weird. Is, it is weird, but it's still the Masters. I mean, I it's, know. It, it's weird seeing them have leaves and pine needles all over the greens. It's like what we play in when we're playing fall yeah. golf. You I know, still love hearing the I love hearing the very sappy music from CBS. Oh, the, uh, oh, there's great. There's two like there's two themes like that that I really that get me excited. Uh, is the the theme for the Masters the little mm-hmm. chime thing, and then the theme for NBC's election coverage. <laughs> like there's oh their my music. gosh, there is those two songs uh, like get me excited. I know it's gonna be a good day when I when I you are nerd. I know I'm I'm a nerd, but. Uh, Anyway, I still like the Masters. It's it's it's. I mean, it's it's different without the fans for sure. But um, it's, it's much different. Still, it's still fun to watch. But anyway, Antoine That's... Simmons, senior year. Um, at least he's still fighting. You're seeing a little bit of fight on Michigan State, which is good. Um, you know, you don't see him completely just throwing in the towel. Uh, even though the final score may look like they did, if you watch some of the game, you can see him still fighting. So. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, that sounds kind of cliche, but they are. I mean, they're still playing hard. Whereas it is cliche, we, but I'll tell you, there's teams I've seen quit, and Michigan looked like it quit for the first well, half yesterday. That's what I was going to flip it forward to a look at the boys down the road, and they that looks like a team lost. Like they, there's no direction right now there. Well, there's um, no excuse for what's going on down there. Well, none. The, none. The, you're right. You're right, but. When I feel like when I start saying that, I fall into the well. Michigan is supposed to be great. Well, first of all, nobody is supposed to be. You're not supposed to, to be, and they're and, you know, and they haven't won it. They yes, they have more wins than any team in college football history. Well, that shelf life is 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 quickly fading. It doesn't matter. They haven't been a national champion since whatever you know, Lloyd. Um, they haven't look. They haven't won a Big Ten. They haven't been relevant in the Big Ten. They haven't. In, they haven't. They haven't played in a Big Ten championship game. They haven't played in the college football playoff. They're in year six of Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is Jesus. And you get the best recruits, one of the top recruiting classes in the country every single year. And here we are in year six. They're one and three. They've looked awful in three of their games. The one game they looked good was against a Minnesota team that was fool's gold that's looked like crap ever since. Uh, There's no excuse for that, what's going on there. I mean, there's excuses for what's going on at Michigan State. And it starts with the fact that it's a new coach that's covered with bear. And you go from there. There's no excuse for what's happening at Michigan. None. No. And then again, now we find ourselves looking at the quarterback spot again. I know. Wondering what's going on. Because um, I know this is going to feed into Michigan State fans loving this, but another quarterback, we are told before they really start playing, all the things they're going to do, and it doesn't pan out. Um, and I. I you hear, that, to you say hear that. that. You hear that a lot with quarterbacks, though new quarterbacks, and you know a lot of them don't pan out. But yeah, I, I, I hesitate to say it. Joe, Joe Milton's. You know, we're four games into his career as a starter. Let's not. And I'm not ready to say the guy's off. a bust. I still, I still no, think he's no. got the talent and the skills. Uh, no question. Definitely, he definitely has the ability. But right now, it's not 
translating on the field. Um, and of course, it doesn't help when they bring in Cade McDonald and he, you know, leads the team down the field in like four seconds. I know, to score. I know, that didn't help. Not that that continued, but it, you looked at that drive and went, wow, a quarterback who's making confident throws and, you know, they moved down the field. Um, yeah. Didn't last. But yeah, there's issue. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about what's going on down there. But we talked about Michigan State not quitting. Michigan looks like a team. Looks like a lot of guys out there that are really wondering what the hell's going. They're all looking around too, like what is happening. And I'm well, not and they're, trying to get them on the hook. I I get it because they're in a different situation. Again, this is not year one, two, three, four, five of Jim Harbaugh. This is year six. Oh, that's where I got that number from yeah. earlier. Um, Crazy. It's year, year six. Year six, and uh, this is a team that gets the recruits. You talk about the cover being bare, and you talk about Michigan State's trend downline. In the recruiting rankings, this is a program that gets the recruits every year. Um, I'm getting a message that my internet connection is unstable because we have like 90 mile an hour winds going on. So we'll see if we can get through this. Uh, but anyway, Wisconsin beats Michigan 49-11. <laughs> Wisconsin hadn't even played in two weeks because of the COVID. Uh, they were still down a ton of players yesterday. Um, they did have yeah. their quarterback, um, and they kind of eased their quarterback, and he still looks pretty good. Once they took the kid gloves off, uh, he looked pretty good again. 49-11, Wisconsin over Michigan. Michigan plays uh, at Rutgers, the battle of one and threes next week. Um, again, Michigan State, one and three, will play Maryland. If that game happens, we're doubtful that it will. But the big oh, wait, game – Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, the big game, Indiana, 4-0 at Ohio State, 3-0, noon game. Hey, Any two chance? big games next week. Two big games. Don't What's forget Wisconsin-Northwestern, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. baby. That's right. I, I do have Northwestern written down as 4-0 here. Uh, I don't believe as much in Northwestern as I do in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I. Um, but, yes, Northwestern is 4-0. They beat, I'll just run down their scores again just since this is the Big Ten recap edition. Northwestern beat Purdue 27-20. Iowa drilled Minnesota 35-7. Illinois beat Rutgers 23-20. Nebraska 30. Penn State 23. <laughs> Penn State 0-4. I mean, wow. wow. I mean, Dude, they, were pre, they were preseason yeah. top 10. Yeah, yeah, uh, wow. I mean, you saw him lose the game in Indiana, and it's like, did that really force the wheels to come off that fast, or were they just not good? No, they might maybe I, just weren't good. I, the thing I saw today is I was reading stuff. If they're 0 5, they've never been 0 5 in the history of their program, which wow. was the 1880 something when they started playing. Well, Michigan is like 1 and 3 for the first time since maybe the 60s, yeah, I think. And they also had their worst home loss in the history of, or no, was it maybe their worst home loss in the history of the Michigan Stadium, which has only been know. around since 1927. Uh, they lost. I don't know. To 11. It was but you know that, what? I That's what, that's what I declared. A, yeah, I declared this a, doing. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was I'm saying we I'll kept doing it. we kept doing that. What? Um, what? I declare what I declared this doing my big doing my Big Ten rankings this week. I've d i had kind of basically come to the conclusion that three quarters or more of the Big Ten just stinks this yeah. year. That's yeah. all there is to it. I mean, you've got Ohio State, and I think Wisconsin's pretty good, and then Indiana yeah. maybe a notch that's below, it. and that's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm not putting Northwestern in there. I'm sorry. And and I defended Northwestern before the year, if you I remember, know. and you made I fun know. of me. Um, you're like, well, for what reason are you saying that they could be good? And I'm like, I have no reason. I just think their schedule stinks. Just, <laughs> the Northwestern just surprises you. You know, they, they tend to 
play above their skis, if you will. But well, anyway, look who they've played. Regardless, Come on, regardless, regardless, they're still four zero. Uh, you know, so um, I, know. I know. But um, so I'm not gonna. I, I think Wisconsin will, will take care of business at uh, with Northwestern, uh, and obviously I think Ohio State will beat Indiana. Um, but what does Indiana have to do? How can how can Indiana make that a game? Oh, well, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure they got enough firepower to do it. The only reason I say that, I mean, I like Michael Penix a lot. He's got some playmakers on the outside. So I think it's they're capable of keeping it a game. Uh, but if you, even if you look yesterday, I mean, they had chances to really put that game away and weren't able to do it against Michigan State. You know, and they were gifted all that field position. It's hard to say would it have turned out the same way if they had to put together 75-yard drives. I don't know, maybe. Um but I, I just I'm going to go out on the limb and say yes, it would have. Perhaps I'm just. <laughs> you, all I'm saying is you don't walk out of that saying, "Wow, that was." A, no, 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 no. You know, it's kind of more know, like eh, they did what they were supposed been, to. Got out of exactly. There. That's what I was going to say. One of those games where you just yeah. get, it, get it done and move on. And, and, I just think right now Ohio State has just too much talent for everybody in this conference. Um, Indiana, I don't know. You know, defensively they were good yesterday, but as we know, Michigan State's offense isn't exactly. Uh, a bunch of world beaters. So I, I just I, I don't think Indiana can can limit can stop Ohio State consistently enough. Um, yeah. So they'd they'd have to score thirty five plus points, and I don't see that happening. So well, you also have the issue of Ohio State didn't play this week. Uh, yeah. That could go that could go one of two ways. Obviously, didn't hurt Wisconsin um, against Michigan. No. I mean, they 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 blew the doors off the Wolverines. And, um, I don't think Ohio so, State's the type of team though that. Having a week off, suddenly going to throw everything out. I mean, of whack, it's a, it's essentially a built-in buy, you know, that you just yeah. have to look at it that way. And teams, uh, you know, get you know get fresh and get healthy and get as many COVID kids as you. Well, you're not going to get the COVID kids back, but limit the COVID cases. And um, well, there wasn't their COVID issue anyway. Yeah, it wasn't theirs. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but uh, anyway, you get healthy, I guess. Get guys fresh, and so that's the big game. And then uh, I guess the undercard will be uh, Northwestern and, and uh, Wisconsin. Everyone's fired uh, up for MSU Maryland and Michigan. Uh, who's Michigan playing? Uh, Michigan's playing Rutgers. The battle of one and threes at Rutgers too. Watch out! Watch out! I by think the way, playing by at the night. Way, that's a night game at Rutgers. Yeah. I mean, Woo. sorry, Angelique. I, I know Piscataway at night. Good luck. Well, uh, I've, I've been there. I've been there for it, pal. It's not didn't, great. Didn't Rutgers beat Michigan at night in Piscataway? I don't know. Maybe say they might have been like yeah, before Harbaugh, maybe. Remember when I thought? Remember when I talked up Rutgers in yeah. the last couple of weeks, and then they just went and lost at home. Well, to Illinois. yeah, I was close though. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alrighty, that's, that's uh, football. You got uh, really quickly uh, in case we don't do a regular episode of the Green Room this week. You got anything on MSU basketball? We still waiting on the Big Ten basketball schedules. I don't know yeah. what the hell's going on here. Um, we you do know start we, do, yeah. we do know they're going to play Notre Dame. We do know they're going to play Virginia. We do know they're going to play Duke, and that's all we know. Well, here, no, no. We have right now. We have five games for certain on Michigan State. Okay. They have Notre Dame that, that's, at, that's at Duke. The opener at Duke, yeah. Notre Dame the twenty eighth of November at Duke December first. December sixth at home against Western Michigan as part of some convoluted it's, MTE. It's, yeah, that Notre Dame Michigan State thing is like an MTE. Yeah, it's weird. However, they get around that. I don't know exactly. Then yeah. they're at Virginia on the ninth, home against Oakland on the thirteenth. The question I have at this point is, is the delay in the Big Ten schedule some indication of we're not sure this thing's going to go off like we're talking about? Of course. Of course. I mean, seeing, I mean, very few conferences have their full non-conference or full conference schedules out. 
I mean, I could see there's you're starting to hear rumblings of what are we doing? Let's. Well, you've already heard. Yeah, Rick Pitino was one that came out and said, "What? We're, why are we doing this? We can't play yet. Let's do May Madness." Which again, I have heard about May or June or July, March Madness for a while. And, yeah, and if, uh, if yeah, if your end goal is we have to have an NCAA tournament, they do, they and that is to. that is the end goal because there's so much money that they right. have to have. Do what you can to meet that goal. Who can? Right. Let's quit. Let, let's not worry about the Big Ten ACC challenge and stuff like that. As much as we all want it to happen, I'd love for these games to get played. But if it means you throw everything else into uncertainty, then let's not do it. Let's wait. Let's get to like late January, early February, play a conference only schedule. And, and make this thing happen. If it's a couple months behind schedule, fine, so be it. I just, I don't know. I think we're, I'm just wondering if some of this delay right now is because of that, because I was kind of being told we thought we'd get the schedule by the end of the week, and that didn't happen. Over well, 10 days from today yeah. until the supposed start of the college basketball season. Yeah. Uh, I, I understand the conference seasons are later, a little bit, into December. Um, but it's it's a strange delay, and we still don't have all the non-conference schedules either, uh, which yeah. has been a nightmare to schedule uh, for testing reasons, and health reasons, and protocols, and and you know every well, school, every school, and yeah. every conference is dealing with this differently. And by the way, you're seeing all these programs. There's like 20 some college basketball programs shut down right now, including Oakland. Yep. By the way, these schools are getting tested once a week right now. They're about to start getting tested once, uh, three times a week. So, which which ones? Like the mid majors or most of the schools? Most of them are going to be tested three times a week. Well, I'm saying Big Ten's testing daily. Daily, but not yet. They're still not testing yet daily for for um, the preseason. They might have started. They might have just recently started. Big Ten has. Big Ten has started. <laughs> Okay, but a lot of the but uh, a lot of I was reading this today. A lot of the a lot of the conferences are going to start testing daily or three times a week shortly, uh, and stepping up their testing. And so we're already seeing a bunch of programs shut down. That's my point, and I think it's only going to get worse. So yeah. um, well, we'll see. I don't want to be an alarmist or a Corona bro, as they well, like to call us, you know. But um, the reality is, um, you know, playing football has been uh, very challenging and increasingly challenging the last week. Um, amazingly, since election day, there's still been COVID. Um, <laughs> very bizarre. Um, but uh, you're seeing more and more football problems, and and you got basketball, and basketball's indoors. That's a little bit more problematic. And so we'll see, we'll see. We got some, we got a ways to go to figure this thing out. And um, again, by the way, like, by the way, can can us telling or saying what we what we see is happening and trying to guess what's going to happen? Can people stop saying that as us hoping for something to happen? No, Matt, we are totally hoping to have no work to do. Gosh, that's just... We are, totally hoping, we are totally hoping that we have no reason to have a job. Yes. Exactly. I know. Like, totally, let's wipe out a season, sure. Yes, come on, let's do it, let's do it. No, I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. <gasps> no, the reality is um, we think the way we think because we talk to people that are in this situation and in the know, and, and they are concerned. I've talked to college basketball head coaches who are very, very concerned about this season. So, we'll see. Uh, but anyway, that's basketball. We got 10 days for that, allegedly. So yeah. figure that out. Uh, but football is uh, still going on. Michigan State at Maryland. Maybe. Maybe not. Michigan <laughs> at Rutgers, the battle one and threes. Charbonneau's got his Big Ten power rankings up at DetroitNews.com. He also will recap all the wonderfully positive things to come out of that game against Indiana. You can check that out at DetroitNews.com as well as all of his coverage on our website. 
by the way, subscribe, you know, be kind of nice, it's cheap, you know, you'll get all the inside information on Michigan State and all our other wonderful sports teams. Hey, um, you're you're always pushing the directional schools. You should plug your story on the, the guy from East. Now I'm forgetting his name. Oh, Eastern Greg Kelly. Yeah, yeah, Greg Kelly uh, had a story. You check that out, DetroitNews.com. It's a really interesting story. If anyone who's watched the Showtime documentary Outcry um, will know Greg Kelly's story. He was uh, accused of uh, molesting a, a child when he was a junior in high school, ended up going to prison for three and a half years until he finally was um, it was overturned. He was exonerated, completely exonerated, um, but still spent three and a half years in prison. Um, Eastern Michigan signed him to a full scholarship. Um, he's the oldest rookie, oldest freshman at Eastern Michigan at 25 years old. Um, his story is, uh, I kind of focus, I've written a little bit about him, but I kind of focus on his journey to Eastern Michigan uh, and how it happened and uh, what his whole journey has been like going to prison and all that. So check that out, DetroitNews.com. If you're a subscriber, because it's a <laughs> subscriber story, but again, subscribe to the paper, subscribe to us. If you don't subscribe to us and subscribe to Free Press or Atlantic State Journal, subscribe to some paper. That's all we ask. It's important. Journalism is important. Uh, if newspapers go away, God bless this country. God help this country if, uh, if newspapers go away. So subscribe. That's it. Matt. Good plug. Good Matt, plug. you can follow Charbonneau on Twitter. Uh, make sure to bitch at him about Mel Tucker at Matt Charbonneau on Twitter. And you can check, uh, you can follow me on Twitter now that the election's over. I'm much more relaxed. You can you can follow me at Tony Paul 1984. That's it for this episode of the Green Room Weekend Recap Edition. And we'll be back to do it all over again next week. Matt, enjoy the end of the Masters. Goodbye. Yeah.